Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hi, Changemaker. It's Holly Rustic here, and I am your host of today's podcast. All right, guys, so I am here to help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Now, how do I do that? Well, I coach freelance grant writers, and that may be you, through business design and skill mastery so you can 10x your results all from the comfort of your own home. And today, how do we do that? Well, let's go ahead and get really advanced in grant writing. Let's learn how to uh, write those grants and start securing funding. All right, guys, so what we have today is all about how to create a timetable for your activities when you're writing your grants. And this is the T for the grants formula. Remember, the grants formula is an acronym, and we are almost at the end of it. So this is T for timetable your activities. We have been using the sample, or the example, I should say, of a nonprofit in New Mexico that serves pregnant teens and teenage parents. And for a free downloadable to follow along, please check out the grants formula at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 87. So you can get your free downloadable there and follow along with us as we go through. Now I have a different example in that downloadable. And just to kind of switch it up a little bit and to show you diversity, I'm using a different example, and that is our example of our nonprofit in New Mexico for this whole podcast series. So please follow along, but in that downloadable, you'll see a different example, which is really great. So you have a little, you know, more ideas and more different ways of, I mean, you can use this formula. It doesn't matter what the project is for. Use the formula. It works. All right, guys. So this timetable that we're going to be talking about today is not only helpful for scoring higher on grant applications, but also super helpful for you when the grant is funded. You need to know what to do, when to do it, and who will do what. So chances are you have already read your grant application like a jillion times, but that might have been probably like several months ago before it was even funded. So, you know, usually you write a grant, especially federal grants. Those of you who have written federal grants before know this, and those who haven't will find this out. So I'll give you a little behind the scenes here is that writing a federal grant, a lot of times, you know, it goes through a peer review, it goes through a very robust um, review process. And I mean, there can be hundreds and hundreds of applications submitted for maybe a handful of grants that will be awarded. So they really do their due diligence and reviewing those grants. And so this takes months. So it can be six months, nine months before you even find out if it got awarded. So you probably, you know, you've probably written like 10 more grants since that grant, right? So you need a refresher for what your project will specifically do. The timetable is a great item to first review before you reread the entire narrative. This will give your brain a quick refresher and will also help you to start to task any items that need to happen immediately. Furthermore, if you are hiring a project coordinator or staff to run the grant program, the timetable will be their reference Bible. This thing is so important. Plus, it shows your reviewers that you have your ducks in a row, that you know what you're going to do. 
This just gives them so much more confidence in your grant actually working, your project working. So before I discuss a timetable of your activities today, I would like to first read a review from iTunes. <laughs> I love these reviews so much as you took the time out of your day to send in a review. So I want to make sure I say a special thank you. And this review is, let's see, see, do, 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 best grant writing podcast ever. Oh, that's so sweet. Holly is very knowledgeable and makes grant writing easy to understand. I love listening to her podcast. And that's a Marie732 at Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much, Marie732. That means the world to me. I love that you love listening to the podcast. And thank you for telling me it's the best grant writing podcast ever. That makes my job so much easier because then I really want to do a lot of work on my podcast. You know, I'm always putting a lot of work into my podcast and to deliver, to deliver this free value for you because you're out there and you're listening and you're letting me know. So yeah, and anything else that you guys want to hear specifically on the podcast, please do send me an email at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. All right, and one more thing I want to um, mention before I get into all about timetabling your activities is that I am running a beta group for a 10-week live group course, a group course starting in mid-September. So that is right around the corner as this is coming out the beginning of September. This will be for a limited number of people and I believe the cap is around 10, but it will be on how to write grants and how to start a freelance grant writing company. So a lot of you guys are coming at me and you're saying you're in transition or you're looking at retiring, you're looking at changing jobs, you're wanting to work from home and you really want the roadmap on how to start a freelance grant writing company. Well, this will be that for you. Plus, you're gonna get the nitty gritty. We're gonna go in deep about how to write grants so you can be very confident that you can write good grants for your clients that will get awarded. So anyways, in this 10-week beta group, we're gonna have, I'm gonna give you videos each week and live Q&As with me via Zoom, downloadables, templates, and more. So by the time the 10 weeks is over, you will be ready or already launching your freelance grant writing biz and have everything you need to know how to secure clients, create your pricing and packaging, and write amazing grants. If that sounds like something you are interested in, the beta group will receive a 50% discount from the final price and have live interaction with me every week for 10 weeks. Once I launch the full course, it will be entirely online with no live interaction. So if you're interested in securing your spot, please send me an email at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com to secure your spot for the beta group. And like I said, you're going to get a 50% discount off of what the price is actually going to be once I it's not a beta group anymore and I go totally online. And you're also going to have the advantage of having live interaction with me every week for 10 weeks as we discuss the material and discuss your personal questions. So it's going to be really fun. I'm super excited about it because this is something that you guys have been asking me and asking for different you know, information about for a long time. I've just been like, okay, I've gotta get this together. So now I finally have been able to sit down, get everything together and be able to give you a great item 
<laughs> it's going to save you so much time and money. Oh my gosh, you guys. Because this is the stuff that I have learned over my years of um, being a freelance grant writer and just being an entrepreneur that I can save you so much time and money and to fast track you into starting to secure clients and just starting to know how to do that and how to roll out your services and how to write amazing grants. All right, so that's all I got for there. If you're interested, holly at grantwritingandfunding.com. Send me an email to say, hey, I'm interested. Please send me the beta information. All right, guys, so let's get into the timetabling of your activities. Activities describe what you are going to do, but a timetable will show a clear delineation of each activity, who is responsible for ensuring that happens, when it will happen, and how each activity will be measured. All activities should be connected to your SMART objectives. And we talked about objectives last week in episode 86. So if you need a refresher, please pop over to 86. But basically you need a timetable for each activity. By doing that, you are demonstrating that each activity will actually happen and how each one leads to making sure your objective is reached. This timetable also is a great table to break up all the words in your application, right? Believe you me, grant reviewers definitely require some white space. They just need some kind of different texture when they're reading grants and it just breaks up the long narrative. So, the, and it's gonna save you space. So if you had to write a narrative on each thing that we're gonna be describing in your chart, it would take up more space than actually having a chart. So the chart saves you space too, especially when you're really limited to certain page numbers, right? So this timetable will definitely help your grant stand out compared to others who only list activities in a long narrative. So you have to include at least five things in your timetable. So all your activities must include this. So what you would have is you would have these listed across the top for columns. And you can see a visual on this at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 87. So you can see what this looks like. But basically you need to have at least five columns, right? And then all your activities are gonna be, so your first column is gonna be the description of the activity. And this is the basic description of what the activity is going to be. The second column is the lead person who will be responsible for conducting the activity. And this is the main person responsible for ensuring that the activity is done. The third column is the start date of the activity. This is when the activity will start, pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. The fourth column is the end date of the activity. This is when the activity will be done, so you're gonna have it accomplished by a certain date. And then of course your fifth column is a measurement. And this is how you are going to measure if the activity is successful, right? So you wanna make sure you have this in here because it really is an extra push to really show that you do have your ducks in a row and that you are making sure that you're measuring your accomplishments. So this is a format of how you can include your activities. Remember, use a graph if you can use it to help, so you can use it to break up the words and get your point across. So let's refer back to our example. So you're like, okay, that's tangible, like, but what I, I wanna see what that actually looks like, what that example could look like. So I provided an example for you. So going back to our episode 84, we devised a problem statement. So remember, we're looking at a nonprofit in New Mexico that serves pregnant teens or teen parents. And our problem statement was the teenage pregnancy rate in New Mexico is the highest in the nation with 62 out of 1,000 teenage youth pregnant compared to the U.S. average of 18.8. 
and that was according to CDC in 2017. We then went into episode 85 and articulated the goal as this. The project will increase fiscal management and job wages for pregnant teenagers and teenage parents. So that's our overall, our overreaching goal of what the project is going to do. And then last week in episode 86, we devised three objectives. So by accomplishing the following three things, that will in turn then accomplish the goal, right? Remember, we're peeling back that onion. So the three things that we need, we're going to specifically accomplish, remember these are SMART goals, are number one, 100 pregnant youth or teenage parents will receive 20 hours of financial literacy training by July 31st, 2020. Our second objective is 75 pregnant youth or teenage parents will have completed their GED or high school diploma by June 30th, 2020. And our third objective is 20 pregnant youth or teenage parents will be employed by December 31st, 2020. So by providing financial literacy, by assisting teens and giving them the support that they need to actually advance in their education and complete their degrees, and by supporting youth and providing workforce training, then we're able to get teenage youth employed. So we're breaking that cycle of poverty. And doing that will in turn then decrease the, pregnancy, the teenage pregnancy rate. So this is all interconnected. It's very, very cool. So what you would need to do then, of course, is break down activities for each of those three objectives. And today I'm just going to go ahead and break down the first objective for you and provide the activities. So what I love to do, and I'll show you an example on the website if you want to check out our blog, um, you can definitely check out uh, grantwritingfunny.com forward slash 87. And you can see what this looks like, but I'm going to describe it to you right now. I love to always put the problem statement, the goal, and then the objective. So these would be rows in your graph, right, at the very top. So the first row would be the problems. And this is just so you're always reminded. So each objective is going to have its own graph, right? And But you can always just repeat the problem statement and the overall goal because each objective goes underneath that. And that's just a reminder to kind of bring it back and it ties it together. So the problem statement, the teenage pregnancy rate in New Mexico is the highest in the nation with 62 out of 1,000 teenage youth pregnant compared to the U.S. average of 18.8. The goal, the project will increase fiscal management and job wages for pregnant teenagers and teenage parents. Objective one. 100 pregnant youth or teenage parents will receive 20 hours of financial literacy training by July 31st, 2020. Okay, so what are our activities? Well, in our first column, then we're going to say the first activity that we're going to provide and that we're going to provide the description is to hire the project coordinator. Who's the lead person? Executive director. When is the start activity date? October 15th, 2019. When is the end date? October 20th, 2019. What is the measurement? The hiring of the project coordinator. And we can even say we only have five days budgeted for this because we already know that person. They're already vetted. You know, they're in the system. Maybe they work and you're just going to be able to transfer them over to this project. Of course, if you didn't have somebody already articulated in their resume in the funnel. So if I had somebody, I'd also include their resume in this grant application. If I didn't, I would include a job description and I would give myself at least two weeks to find that person. I wouldn't just budget five days. So I'm just kind of talking you through this. Okay, the second activity, partner with financial institution. 
Who's the lead person? The project coordinator. When are the activities start date? October 20th, 2019. When is the end date? November 30th. What is the measurement? Develop an MOU with a financial partner. So because we're given to give uh, financial literacy training, it doesn't mean it has to be us, our nonprofit, if that's not what we specialize in. It could be we're partnering with somebody that is going to do it for us, and that's what we're saying for this grant. So we're gonna partner with somebody that specializes in that. And you could pay them, or maybe you already have a letter of commitment from them where they offer to do this for free. And many financial institutions may do this. They may do that for free for nonprofits, but you do need that letter of commitment. So you can have that. So that is our second activity. Our third activity is to create a selection process for the youth, right? I mean, we have to first figure out like, how are we gonna prioritize them? How, you know, how is the selection process? What do they need to sign? Uh, what are all the documents? All of that sort of stuff. So who is the lead person? Project coordinator. When is the start activity? November 15th. When is the end date? December 1st. So they have two weeks to get these documents together. And what is the measurement? Is the criteria process has been created. So the forms are created. And that doesn't mean that they, they've selected all their participants. They've just created that. So you really want to be mindful of each step that goes into making sure your objective is completely fulfilled, right? So this is really important. You can see how I'm really breaking this down almost on a micro level. This is really important because these are all the steps that will it will take to do this. All right, so our next activity is to now recruit you through an online campaign. So we're going to create... Oh, I'm sorry, I totally skipped the one up here before. Sorry, before we do that, we need to create an online awareness campaign. So before we re even recruit the youth, we need to create the online awareness campaign. Who will do that? The project coordinator. When will they do it? December 1st through December 31st. And what is the measurement? The number of ads, right? So we're just creating now. We're not recruiting yet. This is these are kind of like a two-step process. Our next thing is, yes, we're gonna recruit you through that on online campaign. But first we need to develop it because this is a new project. And I put a month here because, now think about this, if the project coordinator is the lead person and they're the only lead person, that probably means that they're gonna be the ones doing this. So in their resume or job description, what do you think they need to have? They need to have experience with campaigns. Right now, if I had them just overseeing it, but we were going to hire, say, a social media business or, you know, somebody else that is good at digital marketing, because we're going to say an online awareness campaign. Right. So we could have that project coordinator as a lead person and the name of the company as a lead person or the name of the person who's going to roll that out. That's a part of that company. So that's something you have to also be aware of. Right. And of course, what do you need for that if you have a company involved in this? You're also gonna have to remember all these things that you're putting here, they need to go in your budget. We're gonna be talking about budget next week, but this is a really good way of making sure you also have the budget for everything you need to do. All right, so let's go down. Now we're gonna recruit you through the online campaign. So you have your selection processes already designed, right, developed. You've already created your online awareness campaign. So now you can actually do the recruitment of the youth. So now you can launch your online campaign and you can actually start recruiting you through that. So who is the lead person, the project coordinator? When are you gonna do that? January 1st to February 28th. So you basically have a couple of months to do that. What is your measurement? The number of youth recruited, right? 
our next and final example that we have for today for a description activity is to commence the cohorts. So each cohort is going to be 20 youth and five hours per month, or sorry, per week for one month. So that's your 20 hours, right? So instead of trying to do 100 youth all together, we're gonna break it up and we're gonna do five months and each for one month, you're gonna have each cohort do one month. So that's five hours per week for 20 youth for each month. So you can kind of build upon that too, right? So we're gonna commence the cohorts. Who's going to be the lead person, project coordinator, and the financial partner, right? Because the financial partners are actually gonna be the ones who are facilitating the financial literacy training, but the project coordinator is still the lead person on organizing everything. Start activity, March 1st, end date, July 31st. So that's your five months. Measurement, 100 pregnant youth and our teen parents completing 20 hours of financial literacy. So then you can roll it all together. And you could even break up and put down five different rows. So you could do each cohort as its own project activity as well. So there's different ways that you can do that, but you have to see, right, you're, you're still seeing that all of the information is there. So that is your example for today. I'm just showing you an example, are all your example for your activities to meet your first objective. So you could see then your objective one, 100 pregnant youth or teenage parents will receive 20 hours of financial literacy training by July 31st, 2020. That objective can be reached with all of those activities, right? If you take some of those activities out, it might not be accomplished. You might even think of more that you could add to this, and that's absolutely fine. So there is a really good snapshot so you can see how you have to develop your activities. But you can see how simple this is too. It's not difficult to do, but you can also see there's so much rich material here that as soon as you hand somebody this, here you go, you're the project coordinator now that we just hired, boom, here's our timetable. You, you know exactly what you need to do, by when, what your measurements are. This is gold. Your reviewers are gonna love it, right? Because for one thing, like I said, it breaks up that space of that long narrative. The other thing is they're like, oh my gosh, yes, this objective can be reached because they're doing all these activities and I see how they're gonna measure it. I see now how much money they're gonna need and how, why the money they're asking for is even realistic, right? Because they have all of these different activities. And then once they reach their objective, I know they can reach their goal. So this project is really, um, doable, right? So there you go. So as um, just a quick summary, what you need again, once again, for your timetable, one, description of activity, two, the lead person who will be responsible or people uh, who will be responsible for the activity, three, the start date of the activity, four, the end date of, of the activity, and five, the measurement. So this is so simple, yet it will be how every objective is implemented for your project and will be very easy for you to see what the progress is. One other important outcome of this timetable is that now you can see what you need to fund, like I was referring to earlier. So if you do not wanna break it down on this level, it is very likely that you might skip funding an integral portion of your project, right? Because by doing this, you're kind of brainstorming too and being like, okay, well, what else do we need to do? What else do we need to do? Kind of gets your brain going there so you really flush out a really great project and a very thorough project. If you don't do this, but you just throw some objectives up there, you might miss funding. A certain part right you just don't put it in the category because you don't you hadn't you didn't even think about it but by doing this you're really starting to brainstorm and make it a thorough project so this is a perfect segue into getting you ready for next week's 
episode, right? For our podcast, the sixth phrase in the grants formula, and that is the S for strategic budget. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Do you want to join the Changemaker Tribe and get courses, downloadable checklists, samples of awarded grants, behind-the-scenes live Q&A with myself and the tribe, and discounts on grant services? Be sure to join the Changemaker membership at www.grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash membership. Thank you for listening to this grant writing and funding podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your time. For more questions, email Holly at holly at grantwritingandfunding.com or visit www.grantwritingandfunding.com. 